We're going to continue today with our series in the Old Testament. And today, my goal is that through three stories, we would gain a revelation of God's true nature that would deeply encourage us in our own feelings of security. Deeply encourage us in our own feelings of security. And my title today is The God Who Wants Attachment. And I've got three stories. Yeah, so I'm so excited about what I'm going to preach on today. And you may say, well, Andrew, you're always excited about what you're going to preach on. Yeah, well, I get to choose what I'm going to preach on. And would you rather I preach something I was really bored about? So anyway, I'm really excited. And I'm excited because it's touched me personally as I've been preparing. And I want you to take, I want to take you through a journey through scriptures that I've been through and that has got me so really touched, deeply touched. So, um, I decided to do a massive search on every time in the Bible that God uses an expression like, I will be with you or I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. I won't forsake you. I won't abandon you every single time. And I found that it was woven deeply into stories through scripture. And as I found them and read them, I just felt wave after wave of joy. And that's what I want to share with you today. So today is going to be mostly reading scripture with me giving some commentary on it. Uh, Just before uh, I get started on this, um, I want you to imagine that you go for a walk with God and he holds your hand like this and he tells you that he's never going to leave you. What would that be like? Can you imagine that? Um, That's how I felt as I've been going through these stories. So I hope my prayer is I can share this with you this morning. So I'm just an introduction. I'm not going to spend this much time on this, but I just want to say something just very briefly um, on what it means to be human and the subject of attachment. So I could talk for hours about this, um, but this is a sermon, not a psychology lecture. So we'll stick to what's relevant just in some introduction. But what you see in front in that, that image there is what's known as the strange situation experiment. It's done with a mother, typically a 12-year-old child, to determine the attachment style the child has learned in its, in its 12 months. And this 20-minute uh, experiment... Uh, which has been done tens of thousands of times across the world in every culture. This 20-minute experiment can predict how the child will behave 20 years later in relationships. In many other, it will predict like their, their risk factors for mental illness, all kinds of things. If you're interested in the science, I can talk to you afterwards, but that's not what this is about. What I, I, the reason I mention this is because it's called attachment, and it turns out that this has only been discovered in the last few decades, but actually God talks about it right back in the beginning, and it's woven through the Bible. And when I start reading, when I start reading the science, I think, yeah, like if you read the Bible, you learn this 
you know this right from the start. So it's exciting to see God is, is, uh, is works in this way. So just to summarize, the last few decades, there's been a revolution in the science of understanding mental illness, anxiety, depression, etc. And it's been discovered that trauma or neglect can damage the attachment system of children. In a nutshell, humans are designed not to be independent entities, but have healthy dependencies living in safe and secure attachment to others. It's a myth that, you know, the, the, the person who's independent, they're kind of self-sufficient, that's a healthy person. No, it's not. The healthy person is someone who knows how to safely connect with others in a really healthy way. And it's critical to who we are. Now, when it goes wrong, it's not necessarily the fault of the parents. It could be also, it could be, um, uh, sickness or hardships, all kind of things that can happen very early in the baby's life that can cause problems. Um, but, um, attachment is at the core of what it means to be human. And part of the grand story of the Bible is that God wants to be our safe attachment figure. That's an expression from the science, a safe attachment figure, which all of us need. And God actually can be that. And so the first story I'd look at, I want to look at, is the story of Jacob. And uh, so before I start the story, just a little bit about about Jacob. Um, He was born second later than his brother. He was a twin. Um, but he was treated as having far less value. You read about how, how his father treated him. Really not very valued. Um, and the bitterness that, 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 that left him with led him to being deceptive, deceiving people. And um, he managed to get his brother to give him blessing, but then he didn't get that. And uh, so he deceives his father. And even while he's deceiving his father, his father he's, he's wearing his brother's clothes because his father's blind. And his father smells the clothes and says, oh, I just love the smell. Let me kiss you, thinking it's his brother. Can you imagine how that felt to him? This is, this is the man. So uh, what about his mother, Rebecca? Well, after he deceives his brother, his mother, Rebecca, says, um, your brother Esau plans to kill you. Run away from here quickly, go and stay with my family, and when it's safe, I'll send a message to bring you home again. Does she ever send a message to him? Not that we know of. So imagine how that felt as he heads off. So this guy, Jacob, is heading off, running away from his brother who wants to kill him, his father who doesn't care about him, and his mother who makes out that she cares about him. He's completely on his own as he had. How can you imagine how he feels at this point? Well, we read, and he dreamed and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I'm the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And then he says, your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east and the north and the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And then get this. 
Behold, I am with you. Can you imagine how this is feeling to him? I will bring you where, and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you even till I've done what I have promised you. Can you take that in, what that must have felt for this frightened boy on the run, that the God of eternity should give him this vision? Um, this is extraordinary. Uh, and um, I, 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 I just can't imagine what this is like, but just as I read it, this does something in me. Um, this, this is a God who cared about him and not only cared about him he knew exactly the words that Jacob needed to know at this time he knew exactly what to say to him what his needs were and this is part of what we're going to learn that God doesn't just want to have a relationship with us with us but he knows what you need right at this moment he knows you so well because he's made you um then anyway as the story goes on, we have him spending some time. It turns out that uh, the, the, the guy he's with, Laban, is just as deceitful and, and uncaring as his own parents. And then he hears from God. The Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and your kindred, and I will be with you. The same thing again, the same message. And I want us to focus this morning not on Jacob, not on these people, but on God. This, he is the focus. He knew exactly what Jacob needed, as he has no one in the world but him. And then uh, later on, and we're going to skip right now to the end of Jacob's life. <clears throat> then he said, I am the God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. For there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt. And I also will bring you up again. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Wow. What um, a, an experience from the beginning of his life to the end of it. Of God saying, I'm with you. I've never left you. I'll be with you. Don't be afraid. It's just such a beautiful story. So I want to move on now. We've looked at the story of Jacob. I now want to look at the story of David, and then we're going to look at the story of Israel. So you know the story. So uh, the prophet Samuel comes to to Bethlehem to anoint one of the, the sons of Jesse. And Jesse and his mom bring out seven sons, and each one of them... Samuel says, no, that's not the one, that's not the one, and they're all done. And he says, don't you have another son? And Jesse and his wife look at each other and say, hey, we do, don't we? We've got another, he's the little boy at the shepherd up on the hills, yeah, yeah. So you get the idea of, of what it must have been like, how secure David must have felt at this time. And um, uh, they, we, re- we know from Psalm 27 this was David's experience with his parents. He says, hide not your face from me. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Wow, that was his experience. 
Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So as we follow through the story of this young man who's growing older, it seems that for a short time, Saul was a father figure to him. Saul was was uh, looking after him, come and live with me, until one thing happened. Saul heard some people singing, and they were singing after battle. Um, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. Whoa, that didn't go down very well with him. He's going to want to be king next, and he tried to kill him. Right that moment, he tried to kill him. And can you imagine, here once again, here is David abandoned. Um, near the end of David's life, we get God summarizing. God sent his prophet Nathan to David and summarized it like this. Now, therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. I want you to imagine that picture I showed earlier of the, of the, the little girl holding her dad's hand. Like he's got, he's God has held his hand the whole time through, through, through trouble, through difficulty, through the, the victories and through the challenges. He's been there. And he knew that this is what David needed. And he knew exactly in each situation how to be there with David. I want to tell you, when I read this, it speaks to me so deeply because these words are just so precious to me. And um, these are, are just uh, so special um, because we'll see in a moment that um, we can take these words to ourselves. We can legitimately take David's experience of God with him as our own. Well, how can we do that? Because David put it into Psalms, which we are supposed to be singing. So here's my evidence. Psalm 27. Uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. But then it goes on. Though an army shall encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord, and I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He'll lift me up on a high rock. This is what we are to sing. This is a psalm that David wrote for us to sing. That he, these words are for us as well. That he is with us. He'll hide us in his shelter. He'll, he'll take us in. He'll conceal us. He'll be with us. He won't leave us. It belongs to us. How does this make you feel when you read this? Because this is designed to evoke feelings in us. That this verse five, it's like, you know, there's a tent and God is in it and you're, you're near it. And God says, it's okay, you can come in. You'll be safe with me and pulls you in. What does that feel like? It, it feels to me, it just feels so like uplifting and, and, and 
gives me this feeling of energy and, and peace and strength. I can feel it in me now as I'm speaking to you, and I, I hope you can as well, because these stories are given us in order to reflect and learn, not about the people, but about God. These are not about David or about um, uh, Jacob or about anyone else. And Joseph would have been a good example. I decided not to take him. But all of these people, it's, it's about God. And we are to reflect on this because this is God. So I can't resist a few more quotes from the Psalms. Uh, Psalm 73. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Just pause for a moment and see if you can feel that in your body as as God speaks these words. I'm with you. You hold my right hand. Can you get a sense that God holding your hand, I'm not talking about a physical feeling here, I'm just talking about the sense of God's presence with you right now. What's that like to know that God is with you? What's it like to know that he speaks these words into you? That to me is the most amazing thing that I could experience. It it puts to rest all of the fears that I might have. At least it does for the moment. Of course, the fears come back when I stop thinking about God, but it's a core strength that God gives me. So I want one more story. We talked about the story of of Jacob, the story of David, and I now want us to talk about the biggest story, the story of Israel. So uh, Israel, as you know, is a nation who um, were called by God and they went through, they had some extraordinary experiences going through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, into the promised land and they were given the King David but sadly things went down and it became a nation who um, really were were very wicked in the way they behaved and um, they, they really turned against God and we're going to come back to that fact in just one moment. But before we do, I want to quote uh, a verse spoken to Israel in Isaiah 43 and tell you a story about myself. One day, many years ago, I went for prayer after church and somebody quoted the verse to me that I'm about to show you. They didn't know me and neither of them could possibly have guessed what the tragedy that was about to happen in my life. But this verse was still in my head. And as you read it, you'll see how important it is. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. And I want to tell you, this this verse was just life to me. Because actually... The flame didn't consume me. I wasn't burned. And it so, this verse so resonates with me through my experience. As the storm passed me and I was untouched by it. But the next verses are even more special. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, I love you. Fear not. 
for I am with you. Aren't those amazing? Like those are the kind of verses you just want to like write up so you see them every day because they speak life into us. This is attachment. This is God saying, I'm your secure place. I'm the one who's never going to let you go. I'm never going to let you go. I'm with you through everything, through the worst storms that there are. Um, But these verses are for all God's people. They were spoken to Israel. But we know that if we are, by faith, we're following Jesus, we are the spiritual children of Israel. We're members of his people. So you can take these in. So I said I started with the story of Israel, and Israel started really doing some terrible things and, and ignoring God and behaving very badly and just and just turning against God in some really horrific ways. And God had to discipline them uh, for their own good and they were taken into captivity. But he never stopped loving them. And so why is this important to us? Because sometimes a voice in us can say, well, you know, God loves you when you deserve to be loved. You know, when you're good, he loves you. I want you to remember that these words are spoken to it. Israel, who are, because of their horrific sin, are in captivity. And God is speaking these words to them. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. Wow. Wow. This, this brings tears to my eyes as I read it. Because this, this is like, this is to people who've turned their back on God, yet his love is stronger than their failure. And God speaks this to you. If your trust is in Jesus, he will never let you go. This is how God loves. He never lets go, even when we don't deserve it. So I've spoken on the story of Jacob, story of David, the story of Israel, and I want to end with our story. And just a couple of quotes from the New Testament just to show you how the continuity this is with our experience. First of all, Jesus speaking to us in John 14, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Wow. This is Jesus' promise that we have the Spirit. And it's through the Spirit we experience this safety, the security, this God with us. He's with us. Jesus is with us. I could look, I could show you many verses on union with Jesus, being raised together with Him uh, in Colossians 3, 3, it says, your life is hidden with Christ in God. I could show you many verses, but I'm just going to go to Romans 8 now. Is the last verse I show you. Oh, sorry, this is the most important one. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Pure attachment language. He is ours and we are his. Um, so, 
Romans 8, my last passage. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake, we're being killed all the day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. A quote from Psalm 44, which we looked at a few weeks ago. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that just so precious? And it sums up everything that's gone on in the other stories. And those stories that were that were given to Jacob, that were given to David, that were given to Israel, are given to us at this point. So I want to ask you, why is this so encouraging? Maybe I don't need to ask that question. Maybe it's pretty obvious. But I want to say one thing before I, I, I go on to this, is that you won't find, and I don't have time to document this, but I could, any other religion that has this kind of God. God is unique amongst the religions in a, what wanting to attach to us in this way, wanting to be with us and to build a bond for eternity with us that is so deep. Um, God understands this very core part of our humanity because, of course, he's made us. And far from turning his back on it, he embraces it. Partly is because he's made us in this way and partly is because he himself is like this. And this, like, gives me goosebumps. But God himself is Trinity. He's three in one and he actually is community in himself. And so it's not something that he's doing extra to connect to us, but connecting is built into who he is as a person. And this is just so precious to me. And I want to thank you for coming on this journey with me. And there are many verses um, I didn't read um, I, I, I could, we could spend hours here going through. I probably, there were more verses I didn't read that I found that, that, that I've read to you. But, um, I want to ask you, are you able to take this truth in and feel it this morning? Are you able to, to really take in what God is saying to you? And I'm just going to go back to these verses that, that we had in Isaiah 50, 43, just to end up with. And I'm just going to read them. And as I read them, um, I want you to just take them in and allow them to soak into you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. Fear not, for I am with you. Who knows what's going to happen this next year? Will we have a world war or another pandemic? We don't know. We have no idea. But what we do know for absolute certainty is God says, do not fear, for I am with you. Let's pray, shall we? 
Lord God, we thank you that your love is so wonderful. That you don't just love us abstractly at a distance, but you say, I want to hold your hand. I'm with you. I won't abandon you. Even through fire, through storm, I am with you. Know that I'm going to take you forever to be with me. Nothing will separate you from my love. Lord, we thank you, Lord. I pray for every person here, every person who's listening online. Lord, I pray that if they don't know that you as their saviour, that they would put their faith in Jesus, because through him we are united with you forever. And we have nothing to fear. Thank you, God. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And Lord, we pray one prayer right now that you will keep this message in our hearts right now as we go forward into this next week. In Jesus' name, amen.